Welcome to the Look It's Rock and Roll podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gill. I've got Bill and Andy back, which means we're going to be doing a Wasp cast. And uh, before we get into that, Andy picked up some cool shit this week. Andy, what did you purchase? Tell us, show yeah, us. I found a House of Lords 45, you know. Oh, Gene Producers. So I pull it out and I'm like, dude, it's all right. I can take this. He goes, what is it? I go, House of Lords. He's like, what is that? I go, did any of these band Gene produced it? He's like, yeah, go ahead and take it. So I threw him to the side, so the guy didn't even care. So I started going through him, and he's going, <laughs> and he's, and he's, and he's like, the guy's like sixty something years. So he had to be in his league, like late sixties, and he's having a hard time walking. And he's doing this all by himself. He's having a hard time, and I'm like, good, he's going slower. So I'm like, fly, 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 fly. So I got through about ninety eight percent of the forty fives, and I found that one. <laughs> That's a bummer. So then I, so then I turn around, and then I said, dude, I thank you, thank, since you helped me. Let me look through. I'm going to help you. So I helped the guy putting the stuff in the, in the U-Haul truck. He's got like a half U-Haul truck. And he's got to fill all the way from the top to the bottom with 45s. No lot of lives. Insane. So I said, good luck doing that. He goes, yeah, it's going to probably take me a year. So I turned around and said, okay. So next thing I start looking around, next thing I find this crate. And I said, man, what is this? So I'm like, no way, album flats. So I said, hmm. so they were kind of pushed forward in the crate. So I grabbed the first one out of the back. I think it was like Metal Church. So I'm like, huh, Metal Church. What are the odds of that? That's kind of interesting, right? Well, next one, Bon Jovi. Eh, whatever. So I started flicking through these things. And next one, I push them all back. So, I, so next, you know, bingo. I couldn't believe it. I saw like, the side of it, and I couldn't believe it. A headless children flat. That Those are the ones that they would like stick in the windows, you know, stick up in record stores back in the day. And I'm like, no way. I can't believe it. I, I, I just can't believe this. I'm like, what are the what are the odds that you find these kind of things, you know, in 2021, you know? <laughs> so yeah, I can't. That, that, and that's pretty obscure as well. What do you think of it compared? Well, once you've seen Metal Church, I think you know you're onto a pretty good stack of flats. Well, it's the funniest thing. I was hoping it would be like 50 of these things because there were like a bunch of Metal Church, a bunch of Bon Jovi, a bunch of. They had, a, you know, I mean, like I said, there's, you know, like crate, milk crate, and they were full from top to bottom. So I ended up grabbing, I think they had like four or five of the wasp ones. So I grabbed them. I'm like, I got to grab them. You know what I mean? I can't, I can't let that stuff go. So anyway, so that was that. So back on late last night, I'm like sitting here watching TV, da, 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 scrolling through. And next, you know, bang, wasp. Wasp signed, don't know 100% if it's legit, the person says. And the guy says, oh, I, I didn't know it was a guy at first. So just, and, and it said like 40 bucks. And then it had scratched out and it had 25. And I said, no way. So, so I said, I looked at it, and I'm like, man, that's a real signature, without a doubt, because I'll explain that in a second. Because usually I don't like to buy autograph stuff unless I was there or done it, you know, on Blackie's. You know how hard Blackie is to get an autograph. It's like impossible. So, no, especially nowadays. So, anyways, the guy has this unholy terror flat, but it's like 20 by 20 or 16 by 16. And I said, is it available? Yes. Uh, would you take like 20 bucks for it? Guy goes, hmm, sure. <laughs> I couldn't get my fast, my, 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 my butt fast enough. I had to drive another hour today to go get it. So when I showed up, I cannot believe this. It's like a, it's a flat, but it's like a poster flat, but it's bigger than a regular flat. And believe it or not, it's in a plastic and stuff. So I'm not going to like, it's already sealed and stuff. So I'm like, but 
Look at right. I don't know. Can you see that? Yeah. Can you see? Yeah. Can you see? Now, you could think, you know, it's one of those things. You don't know 100% sure if it's real or not. So, well, we in, in right in your reason why I say, well, you know, it's, it's cool, too, because it's even got a, you know, it's got a little thing for Hellorado and Double Live Assassins in the bottom, too. It's got a, like a little, you know, promo for them, too. So I'm like, I've never seen something like this. So I'm like, hey, man, this is cool. I mean, I, I've never seen it. But anyways, so your only reason why I literally think it's real is because it today, today happens to be the last time I saw Wasp Live in United States. So today, in 2010, I saw the Beast of Babylon tour in a place called Foxborough, or Foxborough Stadium when the Patriots play. They had like a little, I don't know if it's still there, but they had a little, uh, like little concert hall thing they made. They call it Live Nation. Not any live, Foxborough Live or something like that. So, anyways, uh, I saw the Beast of Babylon tour today. It was the last time I saw Wasp in 2010. So, but the thing is, you know how hard it is to get Blackie's signature, blah, blah, blah. So, me and an old friend were hanging around. So, next thing I know, Blackie comes out. So, I grabbed his Wasp uh, Inside Electric Circus, the, uh, what do they call them, with the paper ones? You know those paper? Uh, Digi-pack. Digi, thank you, Digi-pack. So I grabbed his digi pack, and I said, "We walked, walked right up there and said, hey, dude, can the guy come? Can you get?'" So the, the guy went up, said, "Hey, Black, guess he told Black, hey, it's two guys, just two guys standing outside freezing. Come on." So Blackie came up, came out. And he says, "The, the guy, uh, sorry, the security guy or bus driver, whatever the guy said, he'll come out, but there's no pictures allowed, and just, just you know what I mean, just be cool." Okay, no problem. So next, you know, I'm, I'm down at the bottom of the bus. The, the guards like one step up on the bus. Blackie comes out and he's wearing a mask. He's you know we're legitly wearing the mask that people wear now. Steps down like three steps. Says come on up. So I step three steps up, and he looks at the CD. I go yeah I know it's not your favorite, <laughs> but will you sign this for me? But I said this is what I grew up on. It's a nice a great show of course that stuff and great thank you very much. And I hope that you guys come back because oh yeah we'll return. If I only knew then. What he said that now because they've never returned, which is sad. But come to the clue so we can get, get going on this whole unholy terror is that, you know, the signature there and the signature here, I mean, they're like perfectly. I mean, I don't know how good you can see on that camera right there, but they are perfectly matched. So I'm like, <laughs> today. <laughs> yeah, and, and someone, I, I think if someone was trying to fake it on, you know, a piece of merch, they would have done it in silver Sharpie so you could actually see it easily, uh, you know, yeah. because that, that, that pretty much blends in. Let's get into this album. You know, yeah. that's, that's, that's a long preamble. Um, and I want to, I want to talk about this album because I've enjoyed the hell out of getting caught up with Dying for the World. I got this when it came out just randomly, again, being down at Amoeba and flipping through the WAF section. And I had hadn't been following them at that time so it was like a surprise so soon after unholy terror it's like oh next year another album oh my god um and i remember getting it home putting it in and just being rocked and the the how solid this album was is my overwhelming memory of the album bill you know what what for you is your your overwhelming you know just thoughts about dying for the world and your first impressions of it as an album well mine's very similar because you know i've had it for a couple months but uh i i just listened through it and where the, the one thing is is no there's nothing really outstanding on it but 
pretty much from beginning to end, it's just a good solid Wasp album. I mean, it, there you you put it on and you hear elements of the first album. You hear elements of Headless Children. You hear elements of Still Not Black Enough. You know, and it's it's really good. <laughs> you know, that's the thing about it is, uh, for the time that it came out, you know, of course, uh, this was probably like the new metal age. You know, where people were either listening to, uh, you know, Lump Biscuit or uh, going into Corn and stuff like that, but. Uh, it's just a really solid Wasp album. And I mean, you know, there's just, there's no big boom on it, but it's just good and solid all the way through. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that you're, you, you touch on now will become one of the refrains from all of the albums that I talk about going forward is that it punches kind of those eras of Wasp that are sonically familiar. So you're like, Oh, first album, electric circus or headless or still not black enough or crimson. It, 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 it's kind of like you can often peg songs to an era or multiple parts of a song oh that part of the song sounds like it you know comes from this era but this is for me is the last album that's just completely consistent um and original in 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 some ways and it's the first well it was i think the only album with daryl roberts on guitar um so now chris is long gone obviously blackie's got daryl and mike duda is on bass and frankie benali on drums Okay, Elvis. What what what's your two minute uh, memory of picking up "Dying for the World" back in the day? <laughs> since I'm sure you were following everything and you knew exactly. No, it's just uh, you, you're right, though, man. This album, man, it's got to be one of my favorites from that time of the 2000s. You know, I mean, th- I mean, at that point, right? Wasp Nation was, you know, alive and going. So now you could kind of keep up with stuff and you could find out what was coming out. And of course, there was things in the news, you know, uh, you know, 9-11 happened, right? At this point, 9-11 happens. So Blackie was very outspoken about the whole 9-11 thing, about how, you know, he grew up in New York. He was there two weeks before that. You know, he had saw the Twin Towers, um, you know, stuff like that. And he was, you know, very upset and he was very can't believe it and all this stuff. So Blackie was in it like news, you know, rock news and just regular news as this, you know, saying whatever about 9-11 and stuff and that he was going to make an album, <laughs> you know, and this, you know, and this is it. You know, this thing came out, what, um, what, less than less than a year after? No, it was about 14 months after Unholy Terror. Um, it was June um, 2002, so about that's what well, roughly nine months after 9/11 itself. So yeah, so I mean, yeah, that's pretty good. And I'm, you know, and uh, when I got it, man, I put it out just like, just like it, just like Bill and you said, man, totally solid all the way through. I, I was, I was like, man, this sounds, it does, it does. It's got kind of a headless kind of sound, but it doesn't because you know you get chris has got his own you know the guitar work is chris is chris you know what i mean there's only one chris Holmes. there's only one ace freely there's only one chris holmes there's only you know what i mean there's only only one angus young you know how it goes that's how it is but you know i think uh again this thing is just this album i love this album i'm telling you right now i know we're gonna go through all the stuff but when this came out i slapped it in i'm like man this is cool this is you know way different than the unholy terror and 
you know, it's got away from the kind of the, you know, got away from KFD kind of thing. This went back to rock, you know, just plain rock, <laughs> you know. So Yeah, this one made me feel like a teenager again when I first heard it. You know, when back in the day when you just listened to the full albums oh. and you, you generally enjoyed the full albums. You know, there'd be, you know, a couple songs maybe that you didn't care for as much, but you, you weren't picking them apart or dissecting them like we do nowadays it, because we were living them at the time. So it, it was just an album that reminded me of last command and being that age when I first heard those albums back in the day overall, you know, I, I think the production of the album's pretty good, but I love the drumming. I hate the sound of the drums. Um, it sounds like Frankie Benali's hitting wet cardboard or pudding pans at, at times. And I really think that that detracts from the overall um, album in some ways in that the separation isn't that good even though the songs are that good it's like the production suffered a bit and maybe that's just my ears we'll talk about that a bit more as we go through the songs I guess so let's dig into the song by song thoughts start, starting with Shadow Man uh, Bill let's start with you well the first thing I noticed about Shadow Man is the intro on it it was I was sitting there going okay this is starting to sound like you know, uh, kind of like KFD, kind of like Unholy, uh, more like, uh, I'm not, not Unholy, but uh, still not black enough, where it was a really digital guitar sound. And uh, I was going, oh, this isn't good. This isn't good. But then, you know, uh, there's one point where uh, in the intro where he does, where you're hearing him play the riff, and then you re- you're getting the idea of the timing of the riff in your head. And then all of a sudden everything else comes in and you realize you were completely off with the timing. So, <laughs> you know, where it's it, the everything else comes in and then you realize, OK, well, this is how that riff sounds. And it's a cool change leading into it. But the composition itself is is wonderful. But uh, I didn't like the uh, the uh, the rhythm guitar sound on it. The drums were sounding kind of digitally like the uh the, like the previous albums but the the lead guitar on it and the vocals uh the only thing about the vocals is you know people bag on paul stanley for having three harmonies of paul's singing in a chorus and then you get six blackies going through these you know it'd be great if there was somebody else throwing in a just a little different voice to make choruses sound like more than one person singing but other than that it's a really great song yeah, Andy, as an opening track, what do you think of Shadowman? Oh, dude, man, you went down because, because, because I, like I said, back then you could, you, you know, back then now that like Lost Nation was up and running and all that kind of stuff, the websites now up and running, and so you knew this stuff was coming. So you go down the store, and of course you're there, and you're like, look at it, and you're like, hmm, interesting. No, no, uh, no, no guys, up, no, no, nobody, no, nobody from the band on the CDs again. Still kind of drives me nuts a little bit, but I'm like, oh, here we go, though. Dying for the world. And he talked about the 9-11 and stuff would come up. And next, you know, you get your car, you slap in that CD, and here we go. You know what I mean? This ain't, this ain't, la, 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 la. Slap it in. Let's play, baby. You know? To me, man, Shadow Man, it's like, get on the get get on the highway, and here we go. Go for a ride. You know what I'm saying? You, the shadow, you take, yeah, yeah, let's go for a ride. That's what this reminds me of. Slap it in. Let's go for a ride. Get that riff started going. 
hit the highway, and here we go. Go for a ride. <laughs> nice, because that's exactly what I wrote in my notes. Jump in a tank and go <laughs> blow some shit up. You know, so those are my notes. I But on this one, I think, you know, once you get past the initial intro, it's got echoes of Kiss's God of Thunder coming through on those riffs. But thankfully he merges you know the echoes of kind of that god of thunder sort of vibe into something that's really fun catchy as hell and powerful so that's where you know i i see the tank let's go boom you know load that that uh whatever millimeter uh <laughs> cannon up and uh, just go shoot some stuff no one else got yeah. the kit no one else got the kiss vibe in that one was that just me <laughs> hearing stuff am i, am I uh, listening to the right album I was kind of I was more taken by the by that rhythmic change in the the uh, the riff, you know. And th- there's a couple other songs I wish I could think of one of them come to my head, but you know it's it's kind of like where, uh, you know, you don't have to be really deep into music theory, but you hear that riff where it's still being played the same, and then when other instruments come in, it just kind of changes to where it makes it blossom a little bit. So I was kind of overtaken by that instead of uh, finding anything to really compare some with. But it did, you know, the the dirge at the beginning of it. Yeah, that I get a God of Thunder vibe from that. All right, we're gonna. See, this is gonna get interesting if anyone gets my comparisons today. Second song, My Wicked Heart. Um, Andy, let's start with you for that one. Oh, you know, I I like this whole album. It's very hard for me to. I mean, you, I know Bill gets more technical. I don't get technical. Like when it comes to that kind of stuff, you know, like I said, I'm not, a, I'm not a player, so I don't get that. You know what I mean? That kind of tech. I just love the songs, man. It just, it just, ah, you know what I mean? It just, that's how it is. I just love the songs. I don't really have anything like super technical about them. I mean, I don't know. I just love the songs. It's not like the song that I even really don't dislike on the whole album. It's so just. Nah. <laughs> okay, I can't wait to ask you your top three from this when we get to the end. Bill, get tech, get get technical on it, Bill. Uh, yeah. Well, really, and that's the thing about it is it was, it's another good solid song. All the parts are constructed well. They're performed exquisitely, and that's the thing is you know where uh, had uh, Andy had mentioned Chris, you know before. I don't miss Chris Holmes at all on this record because. <laughs> uh, uh, let me let me get his name. He wasn't on yeah, the previous one either, so. Well, that's the thing is, you know, but I mean, you you grew up with Chris Holmes on the first five, and you know, then he came back and all that. But Daryl plays fantastic, you know, oh, and he's he's a clean player, he's a fast player, uh, and you know, like the uh, the first couple uh, Wasp records where. While Chris sounded like he was, you know, total reckless abandon, every note was played clean. You know, he played everything just to the point where you didn't hear dead notes and stuff like that or a bunch of passing tones. But Daryl Roberts, he tears it up on this album all the way through. And I'll probably uh, amplify that a little bit more later or emphasis that that's the word I was actually looking for. Uh, The only problem I have with the song is it's a skosh too long. You know, I'm from the punk rock school or the old the old rock and roll school where it's like, okay, do this four times and then do this four times and then do twice for the chorus of this. Apparently in Blackie's book, it's let's do 12 bars of this and then we'll do 12 bars of this and then we'll do 16 bars for a solo. And then, you know, 
there was just a couple little parts that were stretched out, but I um, mean, you know, because almost every song clocks in at over five minutes, with the exception of uh, uh what's the name the of the next it? one? Shoot, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but other than that, you know, if they'd been tightened up a little bit, they uh, they're still, I mean, they're still great at the length they are. But then you you know you have points where if where a person will be hung on for twelve bars or something. And then you throw four more bars behind it, and then they start to lose interest. And then after you've done that two or three times throughout a song, they may lose interest completely. But I, I got close, but I, I hung in there, and the songs are just played wonderfully. Yeah, you you, oh. you touch on a couple of things that are kind of my opinion about My Wicked Heart. And my notes are perfection in structure and execution. So I think it's exactly the right length. Um I also note that the solo is absolutely fantastic, uh, and that's the main guitar solo. But what I like about this song the most is that it's very unwaspy. It's more like an Iron Maiden song in terms of being a galloping rocker. So it's got yeah, that kind of maidenish cadence to it, um, which really comes across, which with married to Blackie's vocal and the style of music just makes it a it makes it a different sort of wasp song. So rather than it being a wasp song, so something that sounds like it comes off another album, it's waspifying a different style. So it's fresh. And that's why I really dig it. It's like unusual. It's fresh and it's really well crafted. Yeah. Like my comments, it could probably be edited down a little bit. Well, well and that's know, the, the thing is, is uh, you can play this album for somebody you know, no images, anything like that. And people would actually think it was more European than it is an American band because Wasp did always have kind of an American rock and roll brash to them. And, and this one definitely does have more of a European flavor. But then again, 2001, where they were starting to deal with touring more in Europe and, you know, less in the States and all that, that they were definitely catering to the audience that they were dealing with. Sorry, right. Andy, go ahead. Yeah, it's okay. You know, and also too, uh, the song too is now it's, um, you know, the words and what it means by what I get off of understanding of the song is, you know, this this is the religion thing. So he's already had he's already started with the religion stuff on this song, so it's already in there already. You know, I've lost my way. You know, I got a wicked heart. And this and that. He, he, here we go now. He's having the battle within himself about the Christianity and him in the other way. So it's like a teeter tot. So so it's kind of weird that you know you have Bogaga there that comes out later on, and you have this song now. It's already there. So to me, you know, I mean, we we don't know this stuff, but person we don't know him personally. But you know, you go from 2002 to 2000, whatever Bogaga. I can't remember off the top of my head. When 18 came out, right? So that's a lot of years between. So it. Man, he you know he must have been fighting that this little battle between his himself you know for all these years you know so interesting you know <laughs> well and and this is this is the album where he had already converted to Christianity I think isn't it well he'd come back because he grew uh -huh. up uh, you know in in a born again family okay so, yeah um, yeah conversion's come, the wrong word so. <laughs> yeah he he'd come back <laughs> into the fold so to speak um, right. but but it sounds very much like he is at war. You know, he's angry, 
at the things that are going on, the things that are being done in the name of religion. He's angry at himself or inside he's got a rage, you know, and that comes through in the next song. I mean, Black Bone Torso. He, and I, this time, last time I got called out for not reading the liner notes, this time I did. I even scanned them for proof. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, I blew I, them up and made a big printout. Of them so yeah. So, so I did want to read it this time because, <laughs> you know, when you go back and you look at the liner notes of some of the other ones, he is explaining his rap rationale between behind some of the things that he's trying to express yeah i think he as an artist he makes it wants to make it abundantly clear where he's coming from at that point in time so we've always got these liner notes to go back to because they are legit from the time not something that maybe you'd read about now if he was you know doing interviews and whatnot and blackbone torso is you know about the church, about the creepers and the people wearing the frocks, abusing children and abusing that role. So he, he's angry. He's angry at a lot of things. Blackbone Torso, uh, apart from I hate the snare on this one, it sounds overly uh, sample fucked is how I put it. But on this one, appropriately, you get echoes of the horror. They're like twins, yeah, except this definitely. one's being being painted with the same emotional vibe that the horror had, and he's got a target for that horror here, Black Bone. I mean, it's creepy. It's but I love how it builds, and it's it's more like a it's more like a, a building freebird that never reaches its crescendo. It just builds, it builds, it builds. It's like emotion getting to the point. Um, Andy. Oh, you basically hit the nail on the head. It's like, you know, what I like too is that you can, you can, uh, you know, sometimes uh, you have a high time understanding Blackie's voice, you know, the words sometimes. I mean, sometimes you have to go back and really read the words because <laughs> sometimes his voice, you know what I mean? He's got an awesome voice, but sometimes hard, hard to understand him. You, do you guys ever get that? Like, you don't understand, like, he's singing something. Oh, that yeah. Yeah. So, so like a blackboard boy. So I mean, he's, dude, this that's what it too is this, this whole album. You can pretty much clearly hear everything he basically says, which is I, I like that too. Even though I go back, but uh, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. This is like this is a horrible movie song. <laughs> you know what I mean? There we go. This, this is definitely deep, dark. And where the hell did you come up with this? <laughs> All right, Bill. You two know? minute, two minute, fifteen seconds. Is that punky yeah. enough for you? <laughs> Well, time doesn't equal punk. We'll put it that way. But uh, the the one thing about it is where the, the relation with the horror comes in. In the horror, he was the evil one. He is the thing that's going to bring you down. And yeah. then in this one, it's kind of like, shit, I'm nothing compared to these guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when he's bringing in, you know, his examples in this one, it's just like, yeah, I wasn't even, you know, scratching the surface compared to what these guys do. But and it's a great piece and I think it's where it's short, but it's appropriate. It's a good it's a good mellow uh basically setting up a scene. And then if you want to get punky, we go to the next song with uh one two F U. <laughs> so yeah. that's <laughs> Yeah, but I don't you, think that's the first time I've heard him count in a song like that. I think he's done that live before, so. Yeah, but I mean, uh, it, it does it does go back to this thing could be on KFD easily that song. It could go, you know, Blackbone Souls go on KFD easily, go on a horror thing, and like you just said, scratch the surface. You know, I'm nothing. It's like, 
you see people like, hey, man, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge Wasp fan, right? Yeah, I'm a huge Wasp fan. Well, I'll get news for you. There's always somebody who's going to be a bigger fan than you are or, or you, well, whatever. You know what I mean? Or has more stuff or this and that. And they, or they have more knowledge than you do and, you know, stuff like that. So, oh, yeah, like you said, you know, it, it kind of that same way, you know. You think you think you're you're the badass, but man, there's some people that are even deeper and weirder than you are. <laughs> well, it's, it's when you it's when you think you're messed up, but then you find out that you're actually pretty well adjusted, and it's the other people <laughs> who are really messed up, and that's exactly the, the horror versus that. And so it leads into Hell for Eternity, and I, I'm going to start this one just because I want to say that quite possibly this is my least favorite Wasp song. Period. Stupid intro. The chorus vocal is the soundtrack to hell for eternity. It's fingernails on the chalkboard of my <laughs> psyche. It's just mission accomplished, Blackie. Mission accomplished. It's <laughs> uncomfortable. But it's also pretty damn catchy and uncomfortable, which makes it a winner. <laughs> you know, after listening to this album pretty much nonstop for the past two weeks, um, I actually started enjoying it. I mean, I, I feel like I've got Stockholm Syndrome or something. So, uh, Bill, Hell for Eternity. Yeah, this is the one that had probably the least impact on me. Uh, I, I mean, outside of the, the count-in, you know, I guess that's his little nod to D.D. Ramon. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it didn't really just have it. It was just kind of a, a fast-paced one just getting to the next point. Because when you get to the next song, I've kind of forgotten about that one anyway. So I'm looking at it right. Yeah, I mean, by the time Hell for Eternity is over, you know, it's it's kind of like, oh, okay, so that's what that was. Just didn't have a whole lot of impact on me. Andy? Well, uh, you know, he was uh, – I don't mind the song. It doesn't bother me one bit, but uh, – I think part of the songs too is that he's so pissed because of the whole 9/11 thing that you know he had mentioned even like this CD and I think another couple of CDs when they went uh, you know over to Iraq and all that stuff that they were you know all those people hate rock and roll music and they're all like oh my god you know and they said that he he had shipped or they had shipped WAS CDs for the guys in the military to put in their trucks and their tanks and stuff. And play super super loud or out places so that people could hear it, and they're all like, and they're like, yeah, kill him, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a killer, I'm a thrill, I got my big gun. I, I think that's all I was for, you know. Like you said, I, I, I don't, I don't get, uh, I, I can't be like Bill. <laughs> I'm not like Bill with the, the, you know, he knows the ups and downs of the guitars and all this stuff. I, I just head on. Here we go, you know what I mean? So to for me, the song's fine. To me, the song feels like it's. Like one of those things, man, I, you know, I'm going to, you know, got my hands on a gun, trigger, you know, I'm, I'm Godzilla. Here we come. I'm bigger than you are. And I'm going to kill you. I'm just going to wipe you out, baby. Here it comes. That's all this. You know, no, I don't, pretty, I don't kill your pretty face. Like, yep. I'm going to, I'm just going <laughs> to, here we come, man. And it's like the military, you know, the U.S. is going overseas. We're coming in to kick your ass. You know, we're going to make you guys pay for what you did. And here we come. That's what. That's what I think I get off. Of yeah, when he said that he was going to make an album to fuel the fire behind the soldiers, he mission accomplished. He nailed it, especially with this one. Yeah, so that's my take on it. Go yeah, get him! <laughs> wasn't the first time the U.S. military used rock music to annoy people. 1989, Panama, they uh, used Guns N' Roses against Noriega. 
So uh, I think I'll take Wasp, actually. I remember that one. <laughs> so now we, we get to the ballad. Or really, uh, I, it doesn't even feel right to call it the, the ballad. Andy, let's go back to you for Hallowed Ground. Oh, my God. Jeez. I'm telling you, man, if you don't get if you don't get the chills when you listen to this song, there's something wrong with you all around. I don't care. You, like you said, like Bill said, you could take this whole album, but you could take this song. And every year when 9-11 comes up, I post this song that somebody's done on YouTube or wherever. I post this on my page every 9-11 because if you don't have the chills or tears in your eyes listening to this song, there's something wrong with you. Man, does he go deep with this song and his voice in this song and the solo. Everything about this song is primo, primo, primo. Just totally awesome. Off the hook, Blackie. I mean, I don't even know if he watches this stuff or whatever, but man, awesome. <laughs> That's my take on it. You know, man, unbelievable. Bill, Just is it a winner for you? Yeah. If you don't want to call it a ballad, the hang on my for some reason my mic keeps just jumping up every time i meet it uh if you don't want to call it a ballad the best name for it would be an epic because this comes in and you know all three of us are the same age where we we remember that day we remember how everybody felt you know you had you had sadness you had fear uh you didn't know what tomorrow was going to bring uh, I can remember when uh, when 9/11 occurred, everybody started scrambling for gas stations, of course. And uh, I live about 35 miles away from Wright Pad Air Force Base, and uh, there happened to be a squad flew over while I was at this gas station, and they uh, they hit a sonic boom. So you know, here you'd already seen all this stuff happen that morning. And you're standing at the gas station where you're sitting in line at a gas station. I was like five or six people back in a small town and uh, you hear a sonic boom go off and you're like, Oh God, what's happened now? You know? Uh, but it, this song encompasses all, all that sadness, you know, where the other songs basically put the fire, put the flame to the fuse of the aggression firing you up to go retaliate. This one definitely describes the sadness that everybody was feeling, and it is definitely an epic. Uh, the more I hear it, the more I can see a parallel with it and Sleeping in the Fire, where Sleeping in the Fire was just, it's basically an epic itself. It's not necessarily a ballad, but, um, you know, they're, they're both equal where you just really get a, a, a sensation from listening to the track. And it's, I think it's probably the masterpiece of the track of the album. Yeah, I think it's it, also it, one of the masterpieces of Blackie's career. It, we, it, we, we all remember where we were, too, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> as far as you, you know, I mean, most people are at work. I happen to be at work at the time. And I and I, I never used to get up and move. Like, I used to be in the area, but I never went out until, like, they had a, you know, a cafeteria. I would never go into the cafeteria. I just never did. I don't know. I just never did. You just stayed in the office, like my, my areas and stuff. And for some strange reason, that morning, it's just weird. That morning, I go into there, and there's people getting food or whatever, coffees and stuff like that. And next, you know, they, they you know, they like every place has got a TV on, you know, just to got the news on or whatever. And next, you know, they're reporting it and you're watching it like live happen. Bang! You know, and next, you know, I go running down the hall and go into the office and tell me, oh my God, a plane just hit one of the towers. They're like, what, what? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So a bunch of us went into the 
you know, to the cafeteria. And next, you know, here comes the second one. Bang. And then everybody's like, uh-oh. So everybody in the cafe, everybody around us is like, something's wrong. So I actually go back. My, you know, my boss happened to be at home where he's boss. He's like, go home. He goes, I don't know what's going on. Everybody, get your stuff. Go home to your family. Call your family. Tell them what's going on. Go home. So that's how weird it was, you know? So. Yeah, I, I mean, mean we we all know the we all know know what happened, and you know, to understand the inspiration that he took, I, I think makes a song like this more powerful than Sleeping in the Fire because we don't know what his inspiration was for that, but we can feel the inspiration because we were all there watching TV. You know, being in San Francisco, that was one of the destinations for one of the flights. You know, that didn't make it, and you know, so I feel the pain and the anger in this song every time I hear it. But I also hear that my head is bludgeoned but un, unbowed. You know, great vocal, great lyrics. Um, and I love the keyboard sprinkling in the back. And it, it's there's some good keyboards throughout this album. They're just subtly in the background providing that little bit of, you know, tinkle where it really needs to sparkle a little bit. So fantastic song one of the best of his career and, and the other thing too is coming you know those you know the guys who you know people got you know the ones who did in the plane you know they jumped the border from canada they stayed in maine you know the night before that's where kim's from uh i know i actually know where the hotel they stayed at we know where it is the walmart they went to buy the stuff is right down the street we've been in that walmart and stuff like that and then you know they flew from boston they somehow they get through you know what i mean so i'm like Man, this isn't even, you know, I mean, I know it's not tragically here, here, because it was it happened in New York, but those guys left for Boston, which makes it even kind of creep, kind of creepier for us on that part of it. You know what I mean? It's just very, you know, what a weird day, you know, and change, change everybody's lives forever, you know? Our lives have changed. Everything's changed forever since that happened. It's just, you know, great song, though, unbelievable. And Blackie said that... Uh, he said he went to Ground Zero. I think he said two or three weeks after, you know, everything, whatever. When people could kind of go, I don't know. He just said he went a couple of weeks afterwards and just couldn't believe it, you know. So, yeah. so I, I, you know. I, I still want to go to the reflecting pool. The, you know, I, I went to the World Trade Centers way back, you know, been there, looked up, up them. So I've been back to that part of New York since. Let's move on into Revengeance because that's a very kind of interesting song bill uh the the big vibe i get from revengeance is i find a a real close connection to hellion with it it almost just seems like it's structured you know not necessarily lyrically but the music it just seems like like it's almost a parallel to hellion as a matter of fact i was getting ready to get in the shower earlier and it's like i'm hearing it play and i'm just kind of going hey yeah and it's like and it's and it fit you know, it's basically structured almost identical to Hellion. And that's, I couldn't get past that really. But I mean, again, wonderful playing. The solos are great. The vocals are fantastic. And uh, and what you'd mentioned before about the keys, the keys are kind of, uh, you said sprinkled through that, uh, you know, there's no, there's no big uh, Uriah Heat moment. But there's also the Uriah heat moment where it's just kind of laying in under everything, keeping everything moving. And uh, this song's no exception. Andy? Yeah, it's. Uh, I was trying to find a lighter note because he talks about it. 
about revengeance in this song. I basically, I think he just says, ah, where'd it go? I lost it. This thing, so, <laughs> I love reading this stuff, but it's so small. It's just, uh, well, I basically, I think he said, whatever, you know what it means, basically, <laughs> you know? Well, while you look for that, I'll tell you what it means. I've been watching a lot of um, air power documentaries late, lately. Each episode's dedicated to a single warplane. And this one, if I shut my eyes, this song is the soundtrack to the A-10 Thunderbolt, better known as the Warthog. And you could just see it delivering justice to the ground while listening to this song. So you could, if he was writing for troops, this is the song for the close air uh, or ground support air wing. And you can feel it the guitar necks being strangled on this, but this is like a latter uh, wasp sound. You can almost hear Bob Kulik playing the guitar um, on the intro with his sound before the big fat guitars kick in. So uh, again, I shut my eyes. I see warthogs unleashing hell and fury on a target. Yeah. To, to me, that's the same thing. You know, it's basically for the troops. It's time for revenge. It's time to go get them, you know, so Ven just, vengeance and revenge in one shot. There you go. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, basically, let's go get him and all that. Yep, that's, that's how I look at it. <laughs> I just couldn't find out one. Which is an interesting segue into the next song, uh, "Trail of Tears." And now we shift we shift gears completely. <laughs> Bill. Yeah, um, I really didn't know until reading the liner notes that he was in, had any uh, uh, Native American heritage, but. Uh, I, I mean, I vaguely remember, you know, the Trail of Tears, and I've learned more and more and more about it as I've grown older. Uh, but uh, it's really a, uh, a a great perspective on what the suffering that, you know, the, um, the uh, Cherokees had to go through when uh, migrating at against their will uh, and some dying along the way. Uh, as far as the music, the music is, it fits the lyrics perfect. Uh, and, you know, another great guitar solo. And I, I really just can't say any more about it than that. Yeah, what I find really interesting about the music is that single drum kind of evokes a, a Native American music, you know, when they're, yeah. you know, again, it, it's, you know, ignorant. I guess that the image I get is from the movies, the shaman with the, the one drum single striking of the drum. And I don't know if that is based in reality on native American culture or whatnot, but it's just a uh, very clear where the inspiration comes from it. The liner notes again, you know, help you to connect blackie story that he's trying to tell. And again, it comes from a place of anger and sadness, you know, that that it is a story that's being learned more about but also um you know some of the inspiration again tomorrow never knows and he mentions it in the line or notes that he'd been listening to revolver and of course that's a uh you know a song on there but also a great line tomorrow never knows ultimately it feels like a very long build-up to the next song though andy trail of tears oh i love this song i i you, you hit the nail on the head again and you know the, the drum thing i love the how the drums sound on this one it's totally different song compared to the rest of the album you know this, most of the albums got some kind of theme to it and then this song just goes to again you know he's part you know now we find out that he's you know got 
Indian, Native American, Indian, um, the, you know, learn, learn history. Oh, did we lose them? Did we lose them? Lose who? Lose who? Oh, we're, we're all here. Keep going. Lost Bill. They don't even see him anymore. So, um, I just changed a boat on here. Am I back no. now? Check, check. There, there you go. There you are. I can see me. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's interesting because, uh, you know, you learn something too. You know what I mean? It's just not all like, you know, go get them, kill them. You know this stuff. You, you actually learn something from this song when you read read the liner notes and understand what happened. You know, what history. If you're not a big history guy, you you learn something how tragic those Indians' lives were, how brutal it was. You know, camps and this and that, and they had to go down. You know, he says, you know, like five thousand had to walk this thing for ten months. 5,000 died or something, and another 4,000 died after that. And it's just, what a horrible, you know? You know what I mean? It's, it's just, yeah, you know, it's, it's too bad, you know? We have a we have a thing for what is that, self-destruction, you know what I mean? Killing it, killing each other is just ridiculous, you know? It's just, ah! <laughs> but I, I, I do love this song. I, lo- I love that beat of it. It just gives that... Like you said, the beat of that American drum stuff that sounds what they do, you know, and um, I like it. I really like the song. I, I think I, well, we'll talk about tops and whatever after. <laughs> yeah, in a, in a couple of minutes here. So I, yeah. I thought this was an intro to Stone Cold Killers, which is the other ballad on the album. Um, Bill. <laughs> uh Yeah, I had. Uh, I really like Stone Cold Killers. That's the thing about it is, you know, the way this record was is put together, it's just so cohesive that it's kind of really hard, you know, unless you're like sitting in front of a computer looking at every track and reading all the lyrics, to really kind of pick out one from the other. I don't have any notes on it for some reason, but I did have it in my top three. So, spoiler alert there. Yeah, uh, I, I, think I don't that's, really have that- much on it. That speaks volumes, and uh, we'll we'll talk about our top three in a minute. Andy, Stone Cold Killers. Well, let's put it this way: we'll, we'll just read from his little light, and all I got. Oh, I just had it. Oh, what am I doing? Come on, today. As it says in the song, "Stone Cold Killers," my God will kill your God. The end. Yeah. <laughs> you <know>? That's <laughs> again. I just. I like the sound. I know you guys said something about the drums. Yeah, it'd be cool if the drums were turned up a little bit. But I just like the album just straight through. It just, you know what I mean? I just, it, it's a put it in your car and go for the ride. It's not one of those, it's it's not like, oh, up, down. It's like, yeah, put it in the car, let's go for a ride. You know? Except, except for when the other song comes on, then you got to pull over and cry, you know? Get the shivers, shakes, you know? So anyways... <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, while I might like, you know, different things production-wise or mixing-wise, um, I like the consistency of the album. At least it all sounds the same, and it's not, you know, it's not schizophrenic in its sound from one sa- one song to the next. So, you know, that, that would be more disconcerting. I mean, I like Stone Cold Killers, Stone Cold Rage. It's so controlled, but I love the guitars particularly. And again, you get some of that subtle keyboards coming out, doubling yeah. underneath. And it's just a really nice trick to kind of change the tone of the song by doing that. 
Um, and as I've said with most latter Wasp albums, you always have a, uh, an album where you hear Wild Child, and this is the one for me on this <laughs> on this uh, album. It's, you, you just hear bits of that melody coming across, and you know when you've been making music for as many years as Blackie, I think you've got those melodies that you just naturally slip into, or they're close enough to what I hear in my head. So maybe it's not him, it's me. Maybe it's me, uh, or maybe it is him. It doesn't really matter. I All assure right. you it's him. <laughs> yeah, yeah fair enough. I, I kept hearing it too and i'm sitting there going wait a second that's wild child okay i mean it's, it's just like a short chord progression in there that's that's like yeah that's it um it's almost like you could almost it's like i wish you could listen to the song as we're talking about it so you know what i mean you kind of like oh yeah you can listen to that song a hundred times a hundred thousand times and then we sit here, we start talking about it, and you're like, oh, yeah, remember, you know, the, the, the riffs and all that. Then you start trying to remember the riffs and the da-da-da, and you're like, sometimes you forget them, you know? You forget the, like, the little things. You're like, yeah, damn it. <laughs> yeah. You know? That's like when you when you said about the, the my God will kill your God thing. I was going, yeah, that's what I meant to write down. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's what Blackie wrote down. a little sharp. Pardon? Isn't that from the liner notes? What Blackie wrote? Yeah. That's basically yeah. the, the premise of the song right there. So uh, he he he. Le- there's no confusion about what the song is about. So yeah. well, that's the thing about it. If you go into Wasp Nation and look at the lyrics on this, uh, they need to hire a new lyric printer or whatever because those lyrics that are on there are a train wreck. They are scattered all over. You got verses piled on in the wrong spots and all this. Because I was looking through it, you know. I've been listening to it solid, and it's like, oh, I should have went and looked at the lyrics. So I kind of did that today, and I'm kind of like, you read, you know, you read the opening line, and you have to go two thirds of the way down to get to the second verse, and you come back up for a chorus, and that. uh, But yeah, Wasp Nation needs some help. That's for sure. (laughs) So so does this next song, which is the final song technically on the album, Rubber Man, Andy. (laughs) I love the riff. The riffs, the riffs got me. It's all I need. <laughs> you know what I mean? The riff. The, it's a, see, like I said, I wish I could listen to it while we're talking in a way. Have one. That's what you got to do. Put put a little earpiece in on this side. Listen to them as you go on. You know, and you put. I I. It just got that riff. The riff thing. I love the riff on thing. It's got me with the riff. I don't even care about the rest of it. Song playing to the you know the, the whole riff thing. I'm in. <laughs> what more does one need to say? I like the riff, Bill. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing is the the musical production on it is stellar uh yeah. the riff's great the solo's awesome and then you get to the lyrics and you might as well if you you can make more sense of it if you just go yabba dabba do through the whole thing because the lyrics make absolutely no sense to me i don't know what the fascination is with rubber but you know we had we we called something a rubber in high school and that doesn't fit and the rubber that I put on my tires on my car, that doesn't fit. So I don't know where the hell he's thinking with rubber. But that's and, what. And in England, the lyrics are atrocious. Yeah. Okay. So, and I don't think that's it either. So the album starts with a shadow man and ends <laughs> with a rubber band. Uh, it's a weird song. I mean, it's okay. It sounds a bit muddled throughout. Um, though I, I like both of you, I like the riff. And I also wrote and a great solo. So that's all I've got. A bit muddled, weird, good riff, good solo. So there, there you go. It, it's the it's the music. So uh, the album closes with an acoustic take of Hallowed Ground. Um, 
which I, I think is just, it's great to have an alternative at a time when a lot of people were doing songs in post 9-11 world to do something that's lighter <laughs> and interpretation of it was, um, you know, a good idea. So, you know, I like it. Do I like it more than the, the full album version? Yes and no. Um, I guess I like to get the Japanese bonus edition that has yet another take of it, along with a, a take of Trail of Tears <laughs> and the karaoke version of Revengeance for me to sing along to. Bill, what, what's your take on that final acoustic? <laughs> you had me until you said karaoke version of Revengeance. <laughs> but, uh, well... This is a, a great addition to the album. And, you know, usually I'm not too interested in acoustic versions of other songs. But the one thing I kept thinking as I listened is if they would have took the acoustic guitar part from this acoustic version and replaced it with the clean electric part in the actual track, that song would have been even more epic. Because that's one thing that I always have. A, I have kind of a, a pet peeve about is, you know, when... Uh, Let's go to our friend's Kiss. You know, uh, when Kiss put an acoustic guitar on Forever, it sounded perfect. But then when they got the sonic boom and they played all of the clean guitar parts on an electric guitar, when it would have certainly fit better with an acoustic guitar, it makes it just sound the. But, I mean, not, and not that uh, Hollow Ground sounds bad like that at all, but if they would have put that acoustic piece on, portion on the original track it would have been even more epic than it is nice and it's uh, a good track the acoustic version is great but i mean definitely the uh the full version uh wins for me andy which one makes you cry harder the acoustic or the album uh me personally i i, I don't mind the acoustic one it's fine stuff but i want the, the album ones i like the album one better it's okay. just got to me it's just it just got the ball of the punch. It gets, you know, it punches you in a, it punches you in the heart a little bit more. You know what I mean? In that way, it's got that little bit of, it's just got that little extra punch you get there. You know, to so like, oh yeah, I know where I was, and uh, you know what I mean, that kind of thing. So, I'm saying I, I have a heart. Isn't that I, weird? <laughs> I guess with the multiple versions of Sleeping in the Fire, he had to do the same with uh, this yeah. one since they're they're kindred spirits, aren't they? There we go. All right, I let's get so. <laughs> let's get into it. let's get into our top three from this album, and then our our least favorite. Um, Andy, I'm sure you're absolutely prepared to go with three songs that are your favorite from this album, and not uh, three three way ties. Uh I, I can't. This is tough. Uh, actually, you know, I get, I get well, I can get a couple of them in there. Without a doubt, Hollow Grounds in the top. It's in there. Uh, Shadow Man would be in there too, so you know, depending. If I'm if I'm having that moment, you know what I mean, that moment I want to reflect on 9/11 thing, it's that one. When I want to put the put the CD in the car and go for that ride, baby, let's just crank it up. When I was 20 20s or 18, 16, the Shadow Man, put her in, you know, and. Um, I don't know, man. It's toss up between the three because there's a lot. Oh, uh, you know, I really like the, tr the, the uh, Trail of Tears because it's so different from all the other stuff. And it's just so different. You know what I mean? That That's why I like that. It's got that beat to it. It's just totally different than what the rest of the album does. So a good mix, you know, I like that. So there we go. I got three. Nice. <laughs> all right, Bill, tell us your three and why. 
Well, I had already clued into one, but uh, Hallowed Ground, the album version, is definitely at the top. And I still think the only way they could have made it better was using that acoustic guitar. And uh, in spite of my opinion on the length of it, My Wicked Heart would be my number two. And Stone Cold Killers, even though I didn't have any comments on it, was my number three. And least favorite, Rubberman. man <laughs> okay all right so i'm with you on my wicked heart that's definitely one of my favorite ones i mean it's pretty clear from how i was talking about them with like the getting excited about talking about it being like a galloping iron maiden song hallow ground that's a given and i'll take the album version as well um just because i like that style and then my third you'll probably get from what was my long-winded you know talk about the documentaries and seeing a10 thunderballs revengeance just everything about that song i really dig so uh again it's more difficult to pick a well it should be difficult to pick a a least favorite but bill just threw one straight out there andy what's your least favorite it's very hard with this album this album is just so solid all the way through and it's too bad, man. This this album basically is this this is one of those this is one of the Wasp albums that definitely got thrown under the table. You know, it's too bad. Uh, I, I I have a hard time even saying I have a least favorite off this album. It's very very hard to to say. I can't. Then don't just, don't make don't, don't make don't bullshit if you don't have one. Just say I don't and really, I won't. I really don't have one on this one. I love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah, so um, I, I I have a hard time doing one. I, I said that I dislike um, Hell Fraternity, but it's not my least favorite on the album because it has a place there and it's uncomfortable. And I think music and art is supposed to make you uncomfortable or be like chalk on a, you know, fingers on a chalkboard, you know, sometimes. So if I've got to go with one, then I'm going to go with the one that sounds like something that, that is a recycle and Stone Cold Killers. You know, even if his God can kill my God and everyone else's God or my God can kill, uh, I don't, it just doesn't work for me because it's something I feel like I've heard before. So I will pick a least favorite. All right. That's it. I've got editing to do. Next album is going to be Neon God. So you were really going to do the Neon Gods, huh? We're going to keep going. We've got two Neon Gods. Now, we've got to decide. We'll have to talk offline about whether we want to do combine this into a single album, uh, both volumes, or whether we want to talk about each of them in sequence. And I don't mind either way. I think it would actually be fairer to Blackie since he's trying to tell a story to give both of them the shot rather than editing his work down into a single album length um, album, though the two are completely different. So we shall see. Anyway, that's it for now. That's our, our, our late. We're caught up on Wasp. We'll try and get back within a, within a month, you know, not leave it a couple, but for now from Andy, Bill, and myself, thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time. Listen to some Wasp. Please. <laughs> Thank you for watching or listening to this episode. Be sure to subscribe to us, like us, or even leave us a review. You can find us and join the conversation on Facebook.